Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the world of smoking but in a very cool way. You guys are going to love this. I think it might be a first on Contender Cast, like topic and segment. I can't even wait to unpack this, no pun intended. Uh, on the podcast today is the founder of Oklahoma Smokes, Ashwin Krishnaswamy. Ashwin, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It is, it is great to be here. I know, man. I'm I'm excited. I when your PR person sent over this note, and I was like, Oklahoma smokes. Okay, first of all, coolest name ever. Second of all, what you know? Tell me more. And I've had so much fun like learning about you and the business. And I mean, like I said, we've we're close to 400 episodes. I don't think we've ever covered like your product before, so I'm really excited about it. Um, before we jump into the company and product, though, share a little bit about your background and what did you do before launching the business. Sure. So, so my background historically has been kind of in this world of startups and working on ideas. And I've worked on a variety of ideas and they all tend to come from this place of I experience a problem or I see a problem and I think there's an interesting take on it. And so I go out and work on that. So it's been a fun kind of journey. Um, most recently, prior to working on Oklahoma Smokes and still how I split part of my time is with a uh, design agency. It's a kind of design and brand agency that basically helps launch consumer brands. So kind of bringing them to market. People come to us, say, I have a candle brand. I need branding, packaging, site design, development, getting to launch. Love that, yeah, and and one an important time for that. Now there's so many new brands hitting uh, consumer products as we were talking about before we hit record, and um, what a fun space to be in, right? I mean, it's an exciting time. Now, did you find that you were best at like the creative side of things, or are you more the ops side of things? Like, what where did you find your strengths as you thought about like new consumer brands? I am the best on the creative and brand side of things. Admittedly, I'm <laughs> not it. strong on the ops side of things, and so. I have a very good partner of mine who has been a longtime friend who is very strong on the ops and finances and you know the the kind of back end and, and it's also very strong on brand and creative, but that's how kind of how we split our roles. Yeah, I love hearing that. I always love to ask like when there's co-founders or partners involved, like who does what? How do you figure that out? Um, okay, talk about Oklahoma Smokes. Uh, where did this idea come from? And uh, give us kind of the the seed thinking behind launching it. Sure. So Oklahoma Smokes, it's a, like you said, it's a tobacco-free, nicotine-free cigarette alternative for smokers who are looking to quit or cut back. Um, so I had been in this world for a number of years of helping launch consumer brands. And so I was always interested in just kind of new spaces and where I thought there were kind of opportunities and, you know, just kind of always kept my ears open. Um, and a close friend of mine, um, who has been in the cannabis investment space for quite some time, we would always kind of bat around ideas and see if there was something to them. And so in 2018, it became um, the Farm Bill passed, which made it legal to cultivate, grow, and you know sell hemp, hemp and hemp-based products. And so we we're kind of batting around a couple of ideas. And you know, we had kind of two, two views. Number one, this kind of CBD and cannabis space is super saturated. Totally. Um, you know, I'm sure, totally. you know, you, you go into some of these shops, you see a thousand different oil brands, you know. Um, so 
we you know, saw a couple of things happening that large cannabis brands were doing is they were creating hemp pre-rolls. Um, and a couple of them were creating these kind of like hemp form factor cigarettes, but very much branding them and positioning to existing cannabis smokers with, you know, all of the marketing kind of around that. Um, sure. And so we thought there could be something interesting to, you know, replicate the form factor and the look and feel of cigarettes and see if it's a tool that cigarette smokers can use to cut back. So we, you know, I, and I'm, you know, getting into getting into more than your initial question, but we, um, you know, did the kind of trial run and then, sure. you know, got feedback from a variety of people, you know, existing smokers, former smokers, people who don't even smoke before. And we saw that the kind of greatest opportunity was with existing smokers in terms of, hey, this actually, you know, is helping me, you know, I put away their pack of regular cigarettes. I haven't touched them in a couple of weeks now. Um, and so that was really great to, to kind of get that kind of feedback. Love that. Yeah. So um, Oklahoma Smoke, smokers who find their product helpful would be cigarette smokers who want to help cutting back or quitting. Uh, former smokers who crave a smoke, but don't want to revert back to nicotine cigarettes or smokers of herbal products who want a non-psychoactive alternate alternative. And I mean, it looks like a pack of cigarettes. Like I think the branding, the, the packaging is amazing. So, all right, back when you decided, you know, I think we could start a business in this space. It's one thing to have this idea and maybe talk to people about it, but it's another to go to making it reality, right? So like, what were the first couple steps? Did you go with make, did you try to figure out if it would fit into the size of a cigarette, you know, packaging, or did you have to find people that knew how to like make product that could be smoked? Like, how did you even start? Yeah. So, you know, part of this was kind of dividing and conquering. I mentioned my co-founder comes from the world of kind of cannabis investment, and he has a really broad network in terms of growers, farmers, operators. And so he kind of took that piece on of sourcing where we could get the hemp from and then finding contract manufacturers that could roll it into the form factor of a cigarette. So this was all kind of going on. We'd get samples sent to us. And this was also during COVID. So we couldn't make any on-site visits to these places. So made Got things it. a little bit challenging getting set up. <laughs> totally. Um, but you know, the first thing was, yes, actually crafting a quality product. And we really wanted to use high quality hemp flour. So we tested a bunch of different samples, smoked a bunch of different ones, you know, got feedback on a lot <laughs> nice. of them, make sure that we crafted the really good product there. Um, so that was happening on the op side. On the brand side, it was really about, okay, what is this brand? How are we positioning ourselves? What kind of, you know, th this process that I had done with so many other consumer brands, um, what is the personality of the brand? What does the packaging look like? Getting, you know, samples and prototypes of the packaging. Sure. I sure. had at least gone through those steps a number of times. So I just kind of applied Got that it. process here. No, that's interesting. And then did you know, like out of the gate, did you have sample consumers besides yourselves, like trying it out, giving you feedback? Like how did you get engagement from potential buyers of your product to say, yeah, I like this or I don't, here's what I would change. Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of asking our friends and friends of friends and, you know, the, the, you know, good thing here is that it was easy to find those people. The bad thing is that there's a lot of smokers, you know? Right. Um, and, and so it's not, it's, it wasn't terribly hard to find that audience that we were <laughs> looking for and getting them. feedback from them. Yeah. Well, interesting. Okay. Um, you're obviously a direct to consumer brand. Talk about um, how that's played out for you guys. And I'm guessing it's been a, a perfect fit given that most people were not out at the store, but now people are back at the store again. Your product looked like it'd be perfect for convenience stores. I mean, like, uh, or even grocery. Like, how have you thought about D2C versus uh, traditional retail? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we started D2C out of necessity. I mean, when you're a small brand and you're also a bootstrap brand, that's the kind of place to be. Um, you know, one of our early constraints that has continued to be a constraint for our business is that we can't apply the typical D2C playbook. We can't run Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Snapchat, right. TikTok, no absolutely. Paid, paid performance. Um, so it's very much organic social word of mouth and plugging into communities where there might be smokers interested in the product. Um, you know, it, you know, in short, what we have found is user generated content. So both on TikTok and YouTube, YouTube reviews, um, as well as creating our own content. So TikTok has been a huge driver for us of growth for the okay. product. Yeah. Um, you know, in about a year, we got to 56,000 followers. We've had videos that have done several million views. Um, and the interesting wow. thing about TikTok is a lot of people said, hey, you know, it's like it's a kid's app. You know, there's like <laughs> children on the app. You know, I think that's a very outdated view of TikTok. You know, 45 percent totally. of viewers on TikTok are over the age of 29. Um, and, you know, when you have a billion plus people on the app, it's pretty widely <laughs> distributed. Um, we also get a lot of feedback from people who say, hey, my my son or my niece and nephew or like my grandson saw your product on TikTok and they sent me the video and then I ordered it. So it's not, you know, we make it very clear that, hey, we are not marketing to people who are not smokers. We're not interested in getting a new cohort of smokers. It's very much the positioning and languages around for smokers who are looking to quit using tobacco. I love that. Um, yeah, and you know, you're right. We and we have covered um, cannabis, CBD, and whatnot with other types of consumer products on our show. Um, one of the things that has been brought up over time around D2C was just the limitations on making a product in a state versus distributing a product to other states and whatnot. Do you have that challenge, or what does that look like for you when you when you when it comes to distributing, making distributing a product? Yeah, you know, because the Farm Bill was passed in 2018 for states to, states are kind of catching up and making changes right now. Um, and so, for example, we can't ship to Iowa. Um, in Texas, there was this question of you could ship into Texas, but if you grew the hemp in Texas, you couldn't sell it in retail in Texas, which was weird. Um, and so, state by state, we're kind of monitoring what the rules and regulations are. But for the most part, we can kind of direct to consumer ship this anywhere. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. Um, okay. So you get down the path, you've got product, you've got packaging um, because you had good relationships. You knew that space. Um, how did you, who did you first start selling to, or was it, Hey, we launched our website and, and we're going to see who comes. Like, what did that first launch look like? I'll tell you what, and <laughs> this was a big struggle. <laughs> this is a, this is a huge struggle is we launch and we're like, okay, we're, you know, Ahead of launch, we're going to start building an audience on Instagram. Right. <laughs> it's actually really hard to build an organic audience on Instagram. You know, you use the hashtags, you follow like the hashtags, quit smoking, smoking cessation. And then we're just manually DMing people, you know? So it's like, <laughs> Saying, you, please maybe, hold our product or reference us. <laughs> you know, like, please just follow us. You might be interested in right. trying our product. And, you know, maybe we'll send you a sample if you're interested in something like this. And so it was a really manual process. And when we launched, you know, we can ask all of our friends and so on to follow us. But if you, if our friends don't smoke and they're not cigarette smokers, then there's no point. Like, sure, they can like our post, but where's your audience coming from? So we launched on Instagram and we're trying to build out this traditional Instagram strategy. And we're just realizing 
this is like, that's going to be a slog and like, this is not the place to do it. And we can't run paid ads. So we're, you know, trying to plug into these other online forums on Facebook and Reddit, where there's a lot of people who are looking to quit smoking, kind of recommending our product, but that can get saturated pretty quickly. Um, And then, you know, we started to see this thing start working with TikTok. And so we just kind of really dedicated a lot of efforts into creating our own content there, Um, you know, reaching out to people who are talking about the struggles of quitting smoking, offering to send them product. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of been the, the bulk of it and just a lot of word of mouth. Totally. Well, amazing. And I mean, the reviews, I was looking at your site, you've got some great, already got some great reviews um, and feedback, which is so cool. Um, Was there a time when you were like, okay, I think this is actually working. Like it's one thing to have the idea, launch it, you know, get feedback, got cool looking product, but another to actually get the sales and the the, the, the repeat sales even. Was there a point where you're like, okay, I I think we got something here. This is real now. Yeah, there's a few points. I think one is the, you know, we've had some press mentions and a publication called Futurism. And off of those articles, I mean, those articles get published and it can generate like on the order of thousands of orders for us. And I think it is pretty rare for a company or brand to get a press mention and yield that kind of conversion. We were seeing similar things on TikTok. So we know that the the pain point exists. I mean, 70% of smokers are actively looking to quit or have tried quitting in the past year. The pain point exists. The problem exists. It's like kind of novel market and novel product in that space. Um, and so we saw that the message was resonating. And I think that you know was a great proof point. But the best proof points have been when we're actually on the phone with smokers who have quit smoking um, or have significantly cut back. We're like, this is a effective this is the tool. Win. And that's the like, win, right? That's a huge win. And people are like, yeah. I've been a pack a day smoker for 30 years. I've tried the gums, the patches, the lozenges. Right. I've never been able to quit. And I started using this product. Not only have I decreased my frequency, but I haven't touched my regular pack of cigarettes in a month now, two months, or like I've quit altogether. And that has been incredible to, to, to hear that. Yeah, no doubt. Very, very cool. Um, and yeah, I read your article from Forbes as well. It was really well written. Um, so a couple interesting things that in your approach to D2C, I, I want to highlight and, and ask you about. Number one, um, you have a subscribe and save option and also versus a one-time purchase. In other words, for those listening, I can subscribe and like get product over time delivered on Cadence, um, which is nice at a, a discount. Um, do you find that to be something people are leveraging or are most people doing the one-time purchase? What have you found early out of the gate? Yeah. So a couple of things, repeat. So people always want to trial the product first, see if it right. works for them, what, you know, what it smokes like, what it compares. And, um, then after that, there's a subscription. If they are a, a longtime smoker, the, the frequency and usage of smokers is pretty high. You know, a pack might last them a day or two days or three days. And so they want that kind of consistent cadence, especially if they're trying to cut back on, on smoking. Um, so we do see a, a good percentage, you know, opt into subscribe and save. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, the, the ingrained habit is I just run into my convenience store across the street to grab a pack. And so for a lot right. of people, you know, right. we see, we offer free shipping over a certain threshold. People will pay additional for overnight shipping. And I'm like, I sometimes was emailing them in the beginning. Hey, was this a mistake? They're like, no, I just no, so I much need it tomorrow. I need it tomorrow. You know, right? Um, oh my God. Yeah, crazy. Um, another interesting thing you have on here. Uh, first, if you buy three packs, you get free shipping. That's nice. Um, but if you buy five, 
There's a mystery gift. So what is the mystery gift? So the mystery, well, the mystery <laughs> gift, wait, it, what? it was a mystery, uh, but we say what it is, you know, now. Um, it is a, it is a bandana gift. that we have. It is a uh, bandana, bandana that we have. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my God, so, that's hilarious. Yeah, we also make this, you know, what we think Desert is very Rose cool. bandana? Yeah, it's very Rose. cool merch and, uh, yeah. you know, have that as kind of promos or giveaways too. I like your kind of throwback. It's okay to be a quitter, quitters club, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of cool, like the design, all that. It's kind of fun. Thank you. Um, yeah, very, very cool. <laughs> okay, so um, here we are. You're growing. Uh, when, as I see your product, I'm like, why aren't you... Like, why wouldn't a tobacco company pick up you guys and put it into their portfolio? I mean, same sh- size, same shape. Another put it, you know, it gives them some growth, no pun intended. Thoughts on that? You know, I think it's it's possible. You know, I personally don't know anyone in the tobacco world. I think that it's easy to kind of make that that leap or thought. Um, I think it's a space that, you know, I think it's a space that they're probably not touching for a little while, just because the kind of state by state, you know, local and international regulations Agreed. are are playing Agreed. out. They also have, you know, they're in the business of protecting their cash cow, which is keeping people right. addicted to their product. Tobacco. And we're flipping yeah. it and saying, hey, <laughs> if, if you stop using our product too, that's great. You know, we're happy to celebrate that. You know, you're like a, right. a, a, a member of the Quitters Club now. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think it's a, it's a little bit at odds with their business motivations. Um, but I think, you know, if, if they had some, they want to reorient their moral compass. Uh, yeah, I would think that they would think about it this way. Yeah. I, I think that that's, I can't imagine those companies not going there, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. Looking ahead, six, 12 months, what are the keys to growth? The keys to growth for us now are, is really getting into retail, you know, understanding the consumer purchasing behavior and where the majority of cigarette sales and volume happens. I think a key lesson that I've had in all of my experiences in startups is you have to meet people where they are when you're asking them to to do something, make some kind of behavior shift or purchasing no shift. Doubt. Um, no and doubt. so you got to be in the place where they're buying the competitive product or, you know, where they're looking for the solution. So we're moving pretty heavily into, into, uh, getting into retail now. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, and obviously a great model and space for you to play in and, and approach. And, uh, I think that will open up a lot of new doors for you. Um, I always love to ask our, our guests to share some of their biggest lessons learned in launching a brand. And um, you know, you're certainly along the path here with lots of upward momentum and, and runway. What would be two or three things you'd offer to our audience or the other entrepreneurs that are listening in terms of things you've learned? Yeah, I think the first thing is, uh, you know, test everything. It's going with this attitude of testing and hypotheses around things and, and not being so dogmatic with certain beliefs. Um, one of my one of my mentors who's a very successful VC and has a company of his right now, and he's in his 50s, maybe 60s, um, to date says, you know, I know nothing. And he knows a <laughs> lot of things. Um, but the whole premise is, you know, his view is in successful companies that he's seen, he's like, teams that win are the teams that learn the fastest. And so instead sure. of sitting around, you know, with my first venture, he was a coach to me and he's like, you spend a lot of time kind of philosophizing on product strategy and what to build and you write these long memos and stuff. And the answer is you have no idea, you know, your consumers, your customers will tell you. So test the idea in like the leanest way possible, see if there's traction and then go for it rather than 
sitting around and, you know, playing these, these mind games of, oh, I think this will work, or that's not my view on how Instagram should work or TikTok content or whatever it might be. Um, So I think test everything, you know, even if it feels foreign to you, don't go in with this gut knowledge that you know how everything should work. Um, And then I think the second thing is, is um, it is definitely, you know, an emotional roller coaster of sorts. And so not to let your emotions cloud what the objective reality is you know there could be a month where nothing actually changes about your business but your emotions will go up and down and so some days you'll be like shoot is this (laughs) like even worth it should i keep pursuing this but then you have to take a step back and it's like hold on nothing's changed about my business i'm just like in a bad mood today for whatever reason (laughs) right so hard right it's not easy to stay positive yeah yeah so i think those are those are probably two that that come to mind Man, I love it. Um, so cool having you here with us. Uh, really love the product and packaging and potential, quite frankly. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product. Yes, we are at itsoklahomas.com. You can just Google search Oklahoma Smokes. And we are uh, our handle on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is at itsoklahomas. I love it, man. This has been so cool. You got to come back on down the road. I mean, like a year from now, I can only imagine like you guys going to see, you know, you'll be in retail. You're going to have all kinds of new conversations. Um, your brands keep growing. So we, we'd love to have you back in down the road. It's been so good having you here today. I would love that. Thank you so much, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.